I am excluded from the banking system. I am not allowed to participate in the banking system because the banks don't like me because of what I do for a living. I do not have the luxury of having a checking account. No. TD, Scotiabank, BMO, CIBC, Tangerine, doesn't matter. A small credit union in Alberta has granted me a checking account and that's it. Really? You can't buy a car with Canadian dollar cash. You can't buy a house with Canadian dollar cash. Very interesting that we cannot operate outside the banking system, yet the government has granted the banks the free will to choose who they do and do not do business with. We saw in February when there was those protests in Ottawa, allegedly the federal government was freezing people's bank accounts if they donated to this GoFundMe. Not allegedly, that's facts. 2,000 bank accounts were frozen, yeah. You talk about the separation of currency and state. It's like, we need that now because we're starting to see what this world looks like when we're not in control of our money. Ladies and gentlemen, people of all gender expressions, thank you for checking out the North Bank Media Podcast. I'm your host, Patrick Strevens. Now joining me in conversation on this episode today is Mr. Adam O'Brien. He is the founder and CEO of Bitcoin Well. Bitcoin Well is Canada's first and currently only um, non-custodial Bitcoin service. Now, if you don't understand what non-custodial means, uh, you might want to listen to this episode and hear what Adam has to say. Um, let's suffice it to say for now that uh, your bank of choice, very custodial with your money. So um, Adam brought a lot of a hell of a lot of energy and a lot of experience and knowledge around um, finance or currency, let's say, um, and of course of Bitcoin itself. Um, I really enjoyed hearing about some of these concepts from him. Um, this idea of, of Bitcoin being sound money as it is a better representation of scarcity than say a fiat currency. Um, as well, this idea of the separation between currency and state and, and, and Adam's hopes uh, to one day live in a world where that is the case. So I don't want to just go over everything we talked about. This was a power hour. There's a lot of useful information in here. Um, I would say Bitcoin well, they offer training and information on how to get started and, and keep going in Bitcoin. Um, they offer advice on, on how to dollar cost average or to, to how you can invest some of your savings into Bitcoin. Um, there's ATMs around Edmonton where you can exchange Bitcoin physically, physically. And uh, again, they, they are non-custodial. They offer a Bitcoin exchange, something of a pass-through. Your Bitcoin never lives with Bitcoin well, it remains yours. And that's kind of, I think, at the heart of why Bitcoin fits into the North Bank Media Podcast, you know, in a, in a time of institutional oversight and institutional invasion in our, in our private lives, uh, Bitcoin offers perhaps a certain amount of sovereignty and a certain amount of personal control um, over what is very, very important, that being our, our financial situation. So, um, if you're interested in getting started on Bitcoin, listen to this episode. It's it's all right here. Uh, Adam did a great job pitching indirectly, but also sharing why he is truly an expert in this sphere. So um, please, if you enjoy this, it would mean a lot to me if you would share this, pass it on to one other person you might think uh, would, would enjoy this. And for now, enjoy this one, a great one, a high energy one with something of a flamethrower himself. Uh, this is my conversation with Mr. Adam O'Brien. Let's hit it. All righty. Okay, Adam O'Brien, man, thanks for coming on to the podcast. It's uh, I've been you've been on my radar a little while, so it's good to finally uh, make the connection here, and I'm looking forward to chatting with you. Yeah, likewise, man. Thanks. Hey, before we, uh, before we I got a question actually. Uh -huh. How often do you get uh, people call you Steven instead of Patrick? Oh, all the time. All Dude, the people time. People call brother. me Brian constantly. Really? I got an O in front of my in front of my name, so that's uh, that, that's there's, curious. <laughs> there's no excuse, but uh, people can't read these days. I think maybe I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> 
too funny. Yes. When I saw your name, uh, like in the, like just put together like that, I was like, Oh, I bet you he's got the same problem. <laughs> or, or they see the first name Patrick and then they see Strevens and they, they call me Patrick Stevens. It's like, well, <laughs> dude, the, I fully thought it was Stevens anyways. It's I okay, man. It was see, oh, look at that. Man. Oh man. I am the problem, dude. <laughs> well, it's okay. I'll forgive you. I'll forgive you because I think if I piss you off, you're going to get that flamethrower going. So we're going <laughs> to, we're going to stay on your good side. Let's go there. Why don't you tell me about that? Dude, this was a funny one. I, um, when Elon did that, like, I think three or four years ago, um, I was like, oh, I gotta, like, that seems like something I need. Yes. And I actually bought three of them. Um, what? I typically do that with things that I find really cool and like that are scarce. I like one to one to sell, one to keep like in its box and then sure. one to use. Oh, okay. Um, done that with sneakers. I've done that with flamethrowers, Pokemon stuff, like okay. whatever. And, uh, so actually I am assuming, but I'm pretty confident that I had the first one in Canada because you could, so I bought three and then you have like a pickup event okay. and I flew to LA for the day. I actually vlogged it. It's on, uh, it's on my YouTube channel. Um, Adam OB on, on YouTube. Um, I can flip through the video later if you want. My buddy sure. and I, we flew to LA. We got there in like, we got there like 10 o'clock. We picked up the flamethrower at one o'clock. I was back in Vancouver at like seven 30 or eight. Wow. Um, <laughs> and, uh, um, I was going through customs and they like, they super didn't like it. The I Canadian bet. customs were like pretty, pretty brutal. Um, but it said not a flamethrower on the box. And after like a half hour of arguing with the guy, that's what he came to. He was like, well, the box says it's not a flamethrower. So we're going to let it go. And he stabbed wow. it. And I like ran out of there. I was like, I'm gone. <laughs> it's clearly a flamethrower. Very clearly a flamethrower. I don't like, I don't know how you could mistake this for, for, for much else, anything else. But, uh, yeah. And I would put it off. I put it off though, about a year ago on, okay. a, on another show and it, it wasn't, uh, it, it, it wasn't good. So. Okay. <laughs> I won't ask you to do that. Maybe, uh, some other time when I come over. <laughs> yeah. 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 Next, yeah. When you're in the office, you can, uh, we can go play with the flamethrower oh. and see who gets burnt least. That sounds great to me. Holy that's, <laughs> that's hilarious stuff, man. You know, I would say before we start too, is Alicia Thompson first brought you to my attention and then it was Rod Maldaner who, who finally made the connection. So thanks to the network, man, that's the beauty of, of this life, man, is, is the other people in it. hundred percent, man. I think too, it's like, it's why you want to try to be just a good human being. Um, you know, like I think that I've come across lots of people that don't seem to care about the next year. They just care about, hmm. about the present. And I think that's, uh, it's an important thing to, to keep, to, to just stay on top of, right? No, that's well said, man. It's, you, you gotta live, it's, it's a weird place to be, but you have to balance the past, present and future and how you approach life and business and everything, right? Is like the next step is informed by the last step, right? It's, you gotta see Totally. It. I've seen, I've actually seen this really good, um, like whatever Instagram quote, uh, <laughs> a couple of different times now where it's like people, something about people thinking the past could change the present, but they don't understand that the present can change the future. Uh, um, interesting. and I, I, that like really got my, like my, my brain moving a little bit. Cause everyone's like, Oh, if I had done this five years ago, I would, it, the present would be different, but no one's not no one, but you know, sure. it's very common to not assume like, Oh, if I do this now, then in five years, um, I'll presumably be, be better off. So it's, uh, 
like like buying Bitcoin. There you go. Um, hey, you know, you if go. you buy bit, if, you know, that's actually very common in Bitcoin. Like, oh yeah, if I would have bought it five years ago, I, you know, I'd be rich. And it's like, mm -hmm. well, why not buy it today? And then in five years, <laughs> that's a great point, man. It's like, yeah, you get so stuck on what you didn't do, but it's like, well, stop here now. You you're still empowered to act right now in the present. And totally. It's you know now patience is is an important part of that, but. Let me let me ask patience you that. And, go ahead. No, go ahead. I was going to say patience and time preference. I've been studying this concept of time preference for the last year, hmm. um, and it's basically like a um, like, are you impulsive or are you are you future looking? Okay. And um, you know, impulsive people are, but like with high time preference, you generally have a more stable. Uh, high like over time high growth life i would say interesting if you're if you're more so time preference is more just like accepting so you you want to have a low time preference okay. meaning um meaning you 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 do not value present time as much as you value future time like like for mm. example if i told you i'll give you a hundred dollars today or a hundred and one dollars in a year ah. you'd say well i'll take a hundred dollars today because sure. Who knows if you'll be around? Who knows if the one dollar, you know, whatever. Right. It's not worth it. But if I said I'll give you a hundred dollars today or a million dollars in a year, you'd say, Oh, well, I'll gamble and take the million dollars in a year. Hmm. And then how far back does that scale? Is it two hundred? Is it five hundred? Right. Is it a thousand? And then flip that into assets, like, you know, oh, I'll I'll trade and specifically with Bitcoin, I'll trade my Bitcoin for a Ferrari today. Hmm. Well, do you want a Ferrari today or do you want you know, what do you want in 10 years? And, or do you want like generational wealth in 30 years? Sure. And then, and then how do you, how do you balance that, that together? I don't know why I said Ferrari Lambo is crypto culture. I mean, yeah, I'm, totally. Uh, the Lambo I'm getting old here, but <laughs> well, hey, I don't mind the Ferrari. Do you, in your mind is, is the ceiling with Bitcoin? Have we not seen it yet? Is there, do you see it as a, as a thing that's just got miles to go yet? Value wise. So I am like, I am so philosophically deep into Bitcoin that um, it, it doesn't have a value. It doesn't have a monetary value. It has a mm. time value. Mm. And, and, and we, like, we are all very used to valuing our time uh, in like Canadian dollars or us dollars sure. or rubles or <laughs> whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and, and therefore we like over, over the span of our life, our time gets more valuable because we get mm. more experience. We get more educated we we're, we become smarter, sure. uh, we become professionals, whatever. Mm -hmm. But um, I think we're being tricked is, is that also like the return that we get for our time, the actual dollar becomes less valuable. Hmm. And so we have this like kind of doubling up that happens. Sure. And in Bitcoin, like we've only ever seen Bitcoin get more expensive year over year. Mm -hmm. And I say more expensive, but what I mean is more valuable, right? We only ever see Bitcoin get get more and more valuable. And so it's not so much like, what kind of, how much Bitcoin can I get with my money? But it's what is my time worth in Bitcoin? And mm. and if and when you ask yourself that, it's like your time gets less and less valuable, which means like holding Bitcoin mm. becomes very 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 important for the longevity of your life, longevity of your wealth, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So to answer your question, like no, we have not seen a ceiling on Bitcoin because I don't believe there is a ceiling because mm. our time will always be worth something. I had this discussion with someone the other day. They were like, "Well, if it, if it's if it's capped and there's and there's a set amount with with no opportunity to grow, then the billionaires will just all hoard it and there'll be nothing for anyone else." Right. And my response was, "Well, but like you'll still have time. Like Bitcoin is not valuable. You're you're trading your time for mm. that Bitcoin, right? Your your labor. Like 
if you're a cattle farmer and the billionaire wants to eat meat, then like presumably they will have to give you something for <laughs> your for your time, for the right. effort that you put in on the beef. Same thing if they want a house, if they want clothing, if they want to watch a movie, if they mm. want to, you know, drive a Ferrari or a <laughs> Lambo. Um, they're they're like Bitcoin is not what's valuable. It's the way that it reflects the time that you traded for that Bitcoin. Mm. And so it has a ceiling as much as your time does, which like everyone has has the same amount of time. What we do with it is obviously very, very, very different. And and of course, there's like luck and, sure. and a ton of other factors involved. And like I'm not trying to get here a political <laughs> debate. No. Uh, more more what I'm saying is like philosophically speaking, there's no ceiling on Bitcoin because it's simply a representation of your labor. And mm. and I think that with that mindset, it's different than the Canadian dollar. Um, because the Canadian dollar is not a good representation of your labor because your labor gets more valuable over time and the Canadian dollar gets less valuable over time. And it gets less valuable just through inflation. You're saying like devaluation of currency over time. Yeah, exactly. Like you think right now today, if you had a hundred dollars in your bank, it's now worth 99 and a half cents this month, 99 cents the next month. And by December, it'll be worth 92 cents. Like in purchasing power, right? And and in people are like, well, that's true, but at least I still have one full dollar. It's like, yes, but it buys you eight percent less groceries, eight percent less house, eight percent less car, you know, eighty percent less gas. Like, yeah, you know, well, yeah, yeah. There's like, you don't get as much value right. for what you've traded your time for. Nobody, mm. and I mean nobody, gets money. Money cannot come into existence, or should not be able to come into existence without somebody having traded time for it, mm, right? right? And there's different variables in that statement. But but at the end of the day, original value comes from time, comes from labor, comes right. from spending your expertise, your time, your, 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 your physical labor mm. um, to give somebody else value. And the only reason we have money, I think Elon Musk said this, is to escape the nuance of barter. Like you have a podcast mm -hmm. and let's say I wanted to... to you know, advertise on that podcast, which is funny because maybe, you know, whatever. Hey, if you do, and let me know. <laughs> I'll, hey, I'll hit you up. <laughs> but like, it, you know, I would say, okay, well, my only thing that I can do is plant trees. So do you want trees? You mm -hmm. would say no. Mm -hmm. And then I would say, oh, well, then I guess I can't, I can't provide my value for what you give me value for. So we can't do business. So we need this intermediary right. of like, oh, I'll trade my trees to whoever else, get this token mm -hmm. and give you that token that you can then go and give to other people. It's like, it creates this nice, beautiful, mm. harmonious economy. Yeah. And that's why we have money because barter is inefficient and barter, barter sucks. Um, <laughs> but, but the Canadian, we've got away from that. Now we have money just because people think having money is good and they right. don't understand that the value of money is, is not from owning it. It's from, it's from actually having value with your time. Right. And what, what it represents as the time and time is the one thing we're not getting any more of. Right. So the ultimate scarcity, man, it's the ultimate known scarcity. Like mm. how much time do you have today? I bet it's about 24 hours. <laughs> yeah. If I'm lucky, you know, <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> Otherwise it's like hard stop. Right. And so, and so Bitcoin mimics that scarcity because mm. we know how much Bitcoin there will ever be. Right. We know how much time we have in a day. Um, and you want to accumulate as much time as possible. Right. Right. Why do we talk about retirement? Like let's think about what retirement is. It's like, 
I want to stop trading my time mm-hmm. for value. I want to, I want to have enough value in my bank, in my, right. in my possession that I no longer have to trade time on a daily basis to mm. be able to eat, to be able to sleep, to be able to enjoy myself. Right. And, and we know everyone's got 24 hours. It's like, how valuable can you make that 24 hours? And then how do you put it into a unit of account that everyone else will find value in? So we've accelerated to the second page of my notes already, which is, oh, sorry, dude. that's I'm okay. Like, ah. No, no, I love it. I love it because I was going to do the whole, you know, explain to me what Bitcoin well does, but I mean, you have a website, it doesn't matter. People yeah. can go to that website. <laughs> I, so do you, you see Bitcoin as a hedge against inflation and is there a world where Bitcoin is the common currency or is there too much power in the central banks in fiat currency where, you know, a mainstream shift to blockchain is just not going to happen? What do you like in your heart of hearts? How do you come out on that? Man, it's a really good question. I feel like ultimately the best thing for society, for the individuals in the world is to have a money that is outside of the state. Mm. And when you hear that, yes. you're like, wow, that's kind of weird. Money's always been with the state. But <laughs> then you think back to like, let's let's think back to the, to, to, to the saying, you know, the separation of church and state. And sure. for you and I, it's like, that, that's a good saying. Everyone knows kind of what it represents, but like our ancestors, church and state were the same thing. Same thing. There was literally like the church was the state. True. And the separation of church and state was a, was a massive movement that mm-hmm. like was not in the benefit of the state, was not in the benefit of, of the church, presumably. And, and, and then the split happened out of, out of the demand for the people and out of what was ultimately best and better for the people. Mm -hmm. And I feel like, I hope that my grandkids, they're saying is the separation of money and state. Mm. And they're like, can you believe the government used to actually dictate what happened with money? Like, (laughs) can you believe what a chaos that was? Mm -hmm. And, And isn't this so much better now? And I feel like that's what Bitcoin has the opportunity to do is that in the same way we separated church and state, I feel like we can separate money and state um, with the power of Bitcoin um, from there. Now, there's going to be opposition to it, probably, I would assume. (laughs) Um, But I think that Bitcoin gives enough power to the individual that um, it makes governments, it puts them in competition with each other. And if if one government gets a little bit silly and tries to do something stupid with Bitcoin, Mm -hmm. it's going to open up an opportunity for another government to presumably make the right decisions and and allow that free market to to thrive that's that's kind of what i'm hoping too and that's well said i just like you say there's going to be opposition i wonder could that opposition be so so strong and so stern that is there maybe room on a personal level for each individual to make their way through bitcoin and just say yes fiat currency in the state will never be divorced but i can empower myself uh, through crypto or through alternate currency is that maybe or maybe that's a start down yeah. that road i mean that's 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 one that's that's what's happening right now yeah. right like i mean you ask what bitcoin well does we literally make it possible mm-hmm. for people to buy sell and use bitcoin that's our mm-hmm. mandate we want to make mm-hmm. it as easy to interact with bitcoin mm-hmm. as it is to interact with your money and so coupling the like modern banking convenience mm-hmm. with the powers of bitcoin mm-hmm. we say the security and the benefits of bitcoin what that means though is the power of Bitcoin is 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 our mandate. So like like if you if if you were a Bitcoin only podcast, you only took Bitcoin, you still have to live. Like you gotta pay your power bill, you gotta right. pay rent or mortgage, you gotta sure. and so 
you could like, you could literally then decide, well, I'm making about this much Bitcoin a month mm -hmm. and I need to, you know, pay these people, pay this power bill, whatever. Um, you would decide, okay, is that worth parting with my Bitcoin mm -hmm. uh, or do I want to just do that myself? And, and then you get into that time preference game again mm -hmm. of like, well, if this much Bitcoin is going to be worth more in the future or more of my time in the future, mm -hmm. do I want to trade that today or do I want to trade that later on? So anyways, back to your question, I do feel like there is an opportunity for individuals to hold their wealth in Bitcoin, mm -hmm. have it be usable. Like you can pay virtually any bill on our website. You can buy gift cards. You can sell Bitcoin, get money in your bank. Like you can, you can literally live on Bitcoin at bitcoinwell.com. There's a plug. And, and, <laughs> sure. I, and I think that the opportunity exists for individuals to make that decision. Now, where opposition could come in is they could say holding Bitcoin yourself is illegal. That's what they're trying to do in, in oh, Europe right now. Really? Of course. He was trying to ban self-custody Bitcoin wallets, which would be a detriment to, to Bitcoin. Well, it'd be a detriment um, to the average person, which is kind of what governments are all about, I feel. <laughs> well, I'm going to stay, uh, stay okay. political on that That's one. Okay. But, uh, yeah, I know. I <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, there you go. For the listeners, but, he's... Uh, anyway. Yeah, but, but, but then like, you know, a group like El Salvador might say, mm -hmm. nah, we like self-custody of Bitcoin. Mm -hmm. um, all you Europeans that care about that, why don't you come to El Salvador? Come bring your tax dollars. Come bring your come bring your fruits of your labor. Come bring your GDP contribution right. to our nation. And that's how nations are born and rebuilt mm. is by governments seeing opportunities and trying to entice a certain type and certain group of people in there. I don't know if the El Salvador experiment is going to work. I don't even know if I fully believe it's a good thing for Bitcoin. Hmm. Um, but what I do know is that there are governments that are currently taking different stances to Bitcoin, which is 100% Bitcoin's mandate. There you go. There you go. And when you say the El Salvador experiment, did they make that their like premium prime form of currency? Like yeah, I don't think it's like, it's like, it's, it's legal tender. Gotcha. Meaning, gotcha. Uh, it's not a financial instrument like it is in Canada. It's, mm -hmm. it's taxed. It's, okay. it's like, if you have, if you've got, like your time is taxed mm -hmm. in in everywhere, right? Of course. You spend your time, you receive value, and you have to you have to pay part of that value. That's because your time is taxed. Um, your assets are taxed in Canada as well, mm -hmm. and they've made Bitcoin in El Salvador such that it's equivalent to like you know the dollar. Gotcha. Um, it's it's legal tender everywhere has to accept legal tender um, in a in a nation which makes Bitcoin hyper usable in um, uh, in that state. Gotcha. And so, by the way, in Canada, like if I hold whatever amount of Bitcoin in a wallet and I then cash out for 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 actual currency, Canadian dollar, am I taxed on that on those gains? Yeah, you it's taxed as capital gains. Gotcha. So it's it's like. It's the exact same as if you buy a rental property or, mm -hmm. you, or you buy just, let's say you just buy a parking lot and it sits empty and you sell it in five years for mm -hmm. more money, you get taxed on the difference, um, it, which is called capital gains, gotcha. which is basically a 50% a tax of half the gain. So it's basically a 25% tax of the gain. Okay. That's good to know. I was curious. I but, Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, sorry to cut you off no, again. No. I think I've cut you off three times already. The, uh, I don't mind. For record eight. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Keep it going. The um, the the capital gains tax could change, and sure. like 
we've we've seen taxes change recently and we mm-hmm. will continue to like right now insurance policies life insurance policies and inheritance are getting like mm-hmm. absolutely wrecked in the tax market mm-hmm. and i feel like i don't know why home ownership won't follow that suit like mm-hmm. already we're seeing this this narrative that if you own a home you're rich and we know that rich people have to get taxed because they're rich and evil. Right. And so I think that the idea of home ownership will be will be taxed quite heavily in the in the future. Mm-hmm. Like I'm talking more than just property taxing. And then I think that uh, Bitcoin will follow suit in in short sighted, um, less free market focused nations. Right. And do you do you put Canada on that list? Maybe right now. Yeah, I think. I, I mean. What's Canada doing with life insurance? What's Canada doing with with income tax? What's Canada doing with estate tax? What's Canada doing with, <laughs> you know, like, yeah, Canada, Canada, well overprinted money in yeah. last two years. Mm-hmm. It's got to come from somewhere, right? right? Like, we got a pile of debt now. Um, where is it going to come from? Well, I don't know. That's the problem. I don't. I don't see how this ends in a nice. I don't see a nice soft landing for us here. Truly. No. So, but. No. But again, one thing I've been talking about on this show is the way in which these big social issues, these political issues, such as the economy, for instance, that's like you or I have very little control over that. But what we do have control over is our own actions. So I guess I'm curious, like when someone comes to you with wanting to get into crypto, what are kind of, what do you tell them? Like, what do you, what can you reasonably tell them to do from day one? And and what's, but it has to be a mindset shift too, right? It sounds yeah, like. So it's, it's, I think that it can happen gradually. I say day one. 2.1% of your net worth mm-hmm. should be in Bitcoin, period. Um, it is not enough to bankrupt anyone, but <laughs> it is absolutely enough to like see some serious, like, holy smokes, this was the right move in like less than a decade. So I think that is like 100% should be, that is, this is financial advice. Okay. Uh, very, like, you know, I'm being fairly facetious. My, my lawyer you. was in this room. He'd be like, nope, nope, nope. Cut that out. Yeah, I was, was going to make a disclaimer before we did this. I'll do it right now. This is not financial advice. This is a conversation. Okay, thanks. Yeah, you covered my ass there. There you go. Um, but, but the, the like, I, I, what I tell them when that question gets asked is, is 2.1% of your net worth should be in Bitcoin. And then after that, I say, pick a number. So you, everyone has savings or should have savings, right? Does 10% of your of your um, weekly allowance go into savings, 20%, 30%, whatever it is, mm-hmm. and then pick a, a a fraction of that amount of savings to go into Bitcoin and treat it like savings. Right. So Bitcoin is not an investment. Bitcoin needs to be looked at like savings. And what I mean by that is you accumulate savings until you need it mm-hmm. and until you want to spend it on something else. Mm-hmm. And that's either in an emergency or in a pleasure state. There is no other reason to use savings other than I want to go on a trip or my sump pump broke and I need to fix it. Those are like, (laughs) it's, it's, it's emergency or it's pleasure. And that's Mm. why you have savings. That's why you use savings. Gotcha. And so I feel like treating Bitcoin like savings is the right move. You accumulate it until you need and or want to spend it. Versus an investment is something you hope will mature down the road where you can. An investment has a, has an exit price. Sure. Um, an investment is a gamble, mm-hmm. right? Let's be oh, honest. Okay. Sure. Like when you go to the blackjack table, you invest a hundred dollars and hope <laughs> to walk away with 200. And if you get to zero, you have to walk away. Mm-hmm. But if you're at 20, you're like, Oh, I can probably get this back to a hundred. Right. Like, mm-hmm. and that's, and that's the mindset. And then if you're up to 500, if you're up, like nobody walks in to the casino without, or shouldn't without like the mindset of like, 
I'm going to make money sure. or I'm going to lose all of this. Those are the, those are the, those are the two realities. Those are your two exist. options. Yeah. <laughs> That's interesting. <laughs> and so when you have those, those mindsets, it's very different than I'm going to accumulate something until I, until I need it. Okay. And so then there's, there's your thing with Bitcoin is that the value, like it's less of a gamble than Bitcoin in your mind. Yeah. Yeah. Like over, over time, the concept of sound money holds true. And it has since the dawn of time, Mm -hmm. we've had, we've, we've needed intermediaries of value that are scarce, that are divisible, that are transferable, that are fungible, all these properties of sound money that we want to attribute our value or that we want to interact with Mm -hmm. to show our value. And and Bitcoin and captures and embodies those those principles of sound money, mm-hmm. um, which makes it more like a savings tool than an investing tool. Gotcha. Okay, that's great but stuff. I would say that crypto, like I call it the crypto casino. Okay. I I think that like yeah, saving saving Bitcoin is much different than investing in ETH or Dogecoin, sure. <laughs> maybe gambling in ETH or in Dogecoin mm-hmm. is what I should be saying here because um, there is there is nothing on planet Earth that is that models sound money better than Bitcoin, which then flip that statement on its head, everything other than Bitcoin is not a good representation of sound money. And so if you want to save sound money, presumably you would save Bitcoin. And if you want a way to make a quick buck, then you want to go to the gambling markets. You want to go to the crypto casino, um, the fiat casino, if you will, et cetera. Now, what is it specifically that makes Bitcoin so sound even compared to those other cryptocurrencies that are kind of funny money? Um, primarily the the decentralization okay. of it. Uh, Bitcoin is like fully decentralized. There mm-hmm. is no one single group or no one single person at the helm. Um, and you cannot make a change to, to Bitcoin mm-hmm. without... Uh, majority consensus. Um, so I think that that's like the primary function. Now, what that drives though, like who cares? That's like, doesn't really matter other than you cannot change the amount. The scarcity right. at the root is what gives Bitcoin every other crypto on planet earth um, with the exception. No, actually there's no exceptions there um, are either not scarce, meaning there's an unlimited supply, mm-hmm. which is the same like fiat currency, uh, except you have an an unelected party at the helm of it, which sure. sucks. Uh, <laughs> or there's a party at the helm. There's somebody that's making the decisions. Mm. So let's say like, you know, there's a cap on this coin. What do you mean? Okay, well, what's the process to change that cap? Oh, I wake up one day and want to change the cap and then flip a switch and it's changed. And it's like, well, that's not good. That's not how you store value, <laughs> sure. right? Um, now there's value props for other coins. There's, there's, there's certain things that are good about other coins, mm. but they don't embody sound money. They're not savings in that way. It's more like investing in a company, investing in a mission, investing in a sure. mi- in a vision for the future. But it's not like it's not an asset. It's more of an investment. What and how far are we from mining all this Bitcoin? Do we know? Yeah, like 120 years away. So oh, okay. in, in in 2140, the last Bitcoin will be mined, um, which is crazy because it is. Over 19 million of the capped 21 million have already been mined. So you think about the last 13 okay. years, the last 13 years have had 19 million mined, and it's going to take us 120 to mine 2 million, uh, which is because it is a decreasing rate of supply. This is what gives it its okay. deflationary nature. Ah. Um, in the early days, 50 Bitcoin were introduced to the market 
every 10 minutes. Today, it's 6.125 Bitcoin being introduced to the market every 10 minutes. So the same amount of work, the same amount of value Mm -hmm. um, being traded to bring Bitcoin into existence. Mm -hmm. But 12 years ago, you got 50 and today you get six. And that's what drives the price Mm. up because the work required to bring Bitcoin into existence is the same, right? Or, or, or today it's actually more work. More. You need to do more work, but you're getting less of the asset, which means uh. the asset is worth more of your time. Sure. And that's what drives it up in value, correct? Theoretically, yeah. That coupled with market sentiment and mm-hmm. all kinds of other things. <laughs> Have you been to the Bitcoin convention in Miami? Yeah, yeah, of course. Is that's that- <laughs> uh, It's a great place to be. Oh, right on. One of my favorite podcasters, Tim Dillon, did a, a live episode from there. And it that was around, that was maybe two years ago. That was when I really started thinking about Bitcoin as an opportunity for me. And now I hold a little bit of pure Bitcoin, but I also hold Bitcoin in an ETF like as an equity. What are your thoughts on those uh, for the average person, a Bitcoin ETF? Is it worth it or is it really just? So it's worth it as much as you trust the fiat system. Um, a Bitcoin ET, like there's, there's two functions of Bitcoin deflationary money and then user custody and deflationary money means number go up. That's what, that's what Bitcoin (laughs) means, right? Price goes up Mm -hmm. and you know, that in an ETF makes sense. That's all fine, fine and dandy. Mm -hmm. Um, but user custody means I can own and control this myself. You have zero access to your ETF period. It's true. Right. You've got to call a broker who's got to call a stock market. Who's got to call a transfer agent to unwind that position. And that happens pretty good. If the internet's working, if the website's working, that's all fine. Um, but you don't have any access to it, period. So if Saturday afternoon you needed some cash and the only, uh, functioning cash that you had was in the ETF, Mm -hmm. that'd be a problem. So if it's not good as your last resort, what's it good for? Um, and, and, you know, you're going to miss out on some tax breaks. You're going to miss out mm-hmm. on maybe some easy to build some, like it's not as easy to buy Bitcoin natively as it is to, to hold it in ETF. Mm-hmm. Um, but like ETFs are derived because people wanted to hold complex assets simply. Yeah. And Bitcoin, like once you know how to use it is very, very easy to hold. And there's not really a reason to hold it in an ETF if you want the benefits of Bitcoin outside of number go up. Number go up, right? Which let me tell you, it hasn't gone up. Yeah, right now it's number go six, down. Yeah, number go down <laughs> in a bad way. But yeah. Interesting. Interestingly enough, um, people talk about the high, right? Mm-hmm. They talk about uh, the yearly high, and the yearly mm-hmm. high of 2022 is like 60 grand. 2021 is like. 60 ish 2020 mm-hmm. was 30 like that da, 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 da. Mm-hmm. but if you flip that and talk about yearly low what is the lowest price of bitcoin sure. year over year um this year it's twenty eight thousand dollars usd mm-hmm. the next highest yearly low so meaning the lowest that bitcoin got previously mm-hmm. was twenty eight hundred dollars hmm. so wow in every single year bitcoin has been $2,800 or cheaper. And this year it's only ever been $28,000, which is like a very, very interesting concept and kind of spins that perception on its head sure. of like, wow, 16 months ago, this thing was 
was 20 or sorry, 24 months ago, this mm-hmm. thing was, was $2,400 or $2,800. And now it's crashed to 37,000, <laughs> you know, at a zoomed out look, right. Um, that's still pretty good when you compare it to like, you know, how does that look in housing? How does that look in gold? How does right. that look in the stock market? Um, you're looking at a, at a 10 year look, Bitcoin is bar none, the best performing asset on planet earth over 10 years. Um, and I, and I, I, think that the like the mantra that Bitcoin is dead because it's only worth 37 grand is hilarious to a kid like, like me mm. that watched Bitcoin crash to $300 and thought the same thing. So I would say, uh, you know, zoom out a little bit and, yes. and you kind of see how how this market um, stays whole. That's that's really good advice. That's going out as a clip on its own. Probably you're bullish on Bitcoin. I think that's fair to say. No, uh, yep. <laughs> <laughs> you built your whole business around it, uh, around that proposition, right? I guess I'm curious, what do you do to, I mean, you surely as a, as just a person, a human being operating in the world, you're aware of risk with any, any asset, right? Well, how do you hedge against that in your daily life outside of crypto? Like what are some things like, is there a small fudge factor in your mind where it's like, yes, this could, this could fail me. Uh, or not? Or no, not. I I manage I I manage this risk very poorly because I don't really okay. believe there is much risk. That's fair. Um, <laughs> so no. No, that's. Um, I will say I do own a house, and um, like that's probably the mm-hmm. the the capacity of my like diversification. No worries. My net worth is held in in Bitcoin and in um like the organization that I'm lucky enough to run. Um. There's not much else uh, out there for for me, um, and and so I I think that like that time preference is something that I've been exploring. Like I I did in the yeah. past. I've done the I've done the investments. I've done the stock market. I've mm-hmm. I, oh, I shouldn't I I do have some gold okay um, and silver. I suppose more out of just like having I had bought it previously and and now still have it. Mm-hmm. And then I do have some some like shoes and Pokemon cards from like <laughs> this, this era of my life where I was like very excited about collectible street culture okay, sure. type, uh, type things. Um, so I, I, I mean, I guess maybe like if that contributes to net worth in any sane person's mind, then sure. Um, <laughs> okay. but, but I definitely do not think that, um, what I do is very risky. Mm. I think it has short-term volatility. Uh-huh. Um, but I think that when I'm, when I'm 50, when I'm 60, when I got a pile of kids that are, you know, in their twenties and thirties, um, it, it, like I, I'm pretty confident of how this is going to shake out. I'm glad to hear it. That's giving me some confidence to go a little further with it myself. Now I use Binance, but should I come over to Bitcoin? Well, here's your chance to pitch Bitcoin. Well, so, so here's, here's the difference. And this is a very distinct difference that probably nobody on the surface really cares about. Um, but when I ask you certain questions, uh, all paths lead towards using a platform like Bitcoin. Well, um, so Binance is a custodial exchange, Mm. meaning you need to send them money. Yes. They then allow you access and they grant you the ability to trade, Mm -hmm. to buy that Bitcoin. Mm. And then you have to request and they have to grant your permission to withdraw that Bitcoin. And so that's the relationship is you give them money and then you're like reasonably certain um, mm. that they are going to give you that money back with Bitcoin. Well, 
uh, we are direct to consumer platform, meaning at no point in time, do we ever hold your money? In fact, right now, if you make an account at bitcoinwell.com, um, you can send an interact e-transfer and you will have Bitcoin in your wallet in like a hundred seconds. Um, we're working really hard to get it down to 97 seconds because <laughs> Connor McDavid is the fastest hockey player on earth. And we, that would, you know, we already are the fastest Bitcoin platform on <laughs> in, in the country, yeah. but making it 97 seconds would be really, really awesome. I would be. Um, so, so we're, we're, we're working on that. Uh, but right now you can literally snap your fingers and buy Bitcoin. And in mm -hmm. fact, with Interact e-transfer specifically, you can not, you don't even have to log in. Once you make your first purchase, um, the Bitcoin address that you've sent your Bitcoin to in the past mm -hmm. are, are, um, uh, you like that's then locked and tied to your, to your profile. And if you send an Interact e-transfer to that email address in the future, you receive Bitcoin automatically. You don't even have to log into the platform. Wow. You can simply just keep sending 50 bucks, hundred bucks up to three grand, um, uh, maybe it's only a thousand bucks. Actually, it's whatever the e-transfer limits are, um, and then and then you can receive Bitcoin directly to your Bitcoin wallet. Hopefully, to your to your hardware wallet, which is where you have your savings, where you have your storage of Bitcoin. Gotcha. Um, so that's like one hundred percent. I think like that is bar none the fastest and safest way to buy Bitcoin right now. It's the cheapest way too. It's it's only a buck um, for a okay. fee. So it's really really like fastest, safest, and cheapest way to buy Bitcoin in Canada. Um, Yes. <laughs> yes. I'm, I'm coming over. I'm coming over next oh, week. All right. Um, and then the other, the other way to buy Bitcoin is, is dollar cost average. So mm. you could dollar cost average manually with what you like, just send an e-transfer and do it every two weeks and off you go, mm -hmm. or you can automate that. Mm. And the way you'd automate that is with our Bitcoin savings plan. Mm. And so you would set up your, your account. You would simply say, I want 50 bucks every two weeks to come out of my bank and have Bitcoin sent to my wallet. And voila, um, every two weeks, just like a car payment, we pull 50 bucks out of your bank and we send Bitcoin directly to you um, at that same time. So um, we're really, really rethinking the wheel at how yeah. can consumers buy Bitcoin in the fastest and safest way possible, which is, again, coupling the convenience of modern banking right. with the benefits of Bitcoin. Because the modern bank really made it easy for us to give them our money. Dude, didn't it is they? so easy. So like, easy. Send money to a friend, pay my visa bill, tap, mm. tap at the grocery store. Like it is so easy to use your money right now. The problem is <laughs> if you do something the bank doesn't like, they can shut you out and, and right. you don't have access to that money. Now, is that where the hardware wallet comes in? Because I see a dystopian future where there's a digital currency that's connected to my vaccine passport and my social credit score. <laughs> and if I make somebody mad, the government says, uh, you actually don't have as much as you thought you did this week, Patrick. Um, yeah. Is that where the yeah, hardware Patrick, wallet comes uh, <laughs> yeah. That's And that's that's the future. It's a very real future with yeah. the central bank digital currency. Um, a CBDC gives the government the full power and control to be able to do that. Mm -hmm. um, I'm inherently against CBDCs. People have the misunderstanding that a, a central bank digital, digital currency, a CBDC, is the same as Bitcoin. It is very, very, very different from Bitcoin. Central. And should be looked at very fearfully. Um, okay. There is no benefit to an individual to having a CBDC period. And I would I would welcome anyone to challenge me on that statement. And after a 10 minute conversation, <laughs> that person will will have changed their mind or just be an illogical human, which sure. um, which is, is plenty of those fine. out there. Yeah. Um, but they exist. Um, <laughs> so the hardware wallet is the safest way to store Bitcoin. There are two main kinds of, of Bitcoin wallets. Okay. There is like a mobile wallet and a hardware wallet. And, and I'm getting kind of 
that's not like super true, but let's just like take that. There's like warm, like hot and cold wallets are the are the two kinds. Okay. And a and the most popular type of hot wallet is mobile. The most popular type of cold wallet is a hardware wallet. And so okay. a mobile wallet is like cash in your pocket, a little bit on your phone that you can walk around with. Uh, it's good for testing things. It's good for okay. like sending to your pal, whatever. Hardware wallet is like locked deep in a fireproof safe somewhere that is <laughs> obscure. You're never going to lose it. You're never going to worry about it going missing or getting stolen. And that's where your savings go. That's that's okay. like in a perfect world, man. In my perfect world, my hardware wallet gets opened up by my kids when I die. And it's like, great, we're good for the next five or six generations. Um, that's nice. the that's that's the hope. That's mm-hmm. the dream for for hardware wallets is that they're not that's that's your savings, right? Like. Right. Why do you have savings, pleasure, or emergency? Um, you know, hopefully you can enjoy yourself, but hopefully you can live within a certain lifestyle that you can enjoy yourself with, with still saving. And right. and that's kind of the the goal of a hardware wallet is like use it when you need to, and, okay. and therefore it should be a little bit inconvenient to access. Hmm. Um, like having your nightstand um, where the where the cleaner. Uh, can just open up and take it is like not where the hardware wallet goes, right? It's like, no, you have that buried somewhere that's going to be maintained and kept safe. Gotcha. And so then does my does my Bitcoin live on the Bitcoin well exchange or no? Never. Never. Never, ever, ever. There is no way that you can leave Bitcoin at Bitcoin well, period. Uh, I don't believe in that. Okay. Um, so we have a wallet called Well Wallet. You can download it at wellwallet.ca. Mm-hmm. Um, that's fully like that. That's your own Bitcoin wallet. We have no access to it. We've used um, three different types of open source technology to build the wallet side, mm-hmm. and then from there we int- we you 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 can integrate with like the Interaki transfer and things like this. Um, but the actual art of storing Bitcoin on the mobile wallet that is Well Wallet mm-hmm. is fully yours. Like at no point in time. Basically, if you transact with us and then we disappear, um, all your coins are safe. Hmm. If you interact with Binance and Binance disappears, all your coins are gone. Gone. Which could well In happen. Fact, coin Coinbase actually just a few weeks ago, mm-hmm. um, they highlighted that all of the customer funds that are in custody at Coinbase um, are subject to seizure if Coinbase goes bankrupt. Which is that's a scary. problem. Yeah, that's. Not, I think it's a problem too. That's not cool at all. So that it's like it's not it's not your money then at all, really. No. Just like when you put no. money in the bank, it's not truly yours because they're lending it out what nine times or whatever. Yeah, I think if they have they have a mandate to keep three percent uh, per dollar deposited. Mm. Now I noticed. Low. Well, yeah. <laughs> no surprises there. <laughs> There's uh, a big part of what Bitcoin Well does too is educate people. It sounds like so. I'm also, I am just curious, like brass tax, different revenue streams for you guys. Obviously you take money on the Bitcoin transfers. You have Bitcoin ATMs. Is the education component a revenue stream for you guys too? No, that's a money suck. <laughs> it's a money suck. Yeah, it's the opposite. It, it, okay. It's it's the opposite of revenue stream, but I think it's important to yeah. the society that mm-hmm. we live in. I think it's important to educate people on on why Bitcoin exists. Right. Um, we developed the Bitcoin Academy in partnership with a, uh, a local university in Alberta called Athabasca University. Okay. And, um, it's, it's, it's free. Um, it's free to take, we spend a lot of money on, on producing that. And it kind of walks through the history of Bitcoin, the history of money, why Bitcoin exists, 
the difference between custody and user or self or, or, or non-custodial, mm-hmm. um, the different ways to buy Bitcoin, the different kind of wallets that exist. Um, that's, that's huge. And then we also have a, a, a twice a month course called Bitcoin for beginners where our Bitcoin specialists just have a, a live stream cool. and, and they talk about Bitcoin. They educate Bitcoin, we have a beautiful presentation that we kind of run through. And then there's a, there's an opportunity for a Q and a after, um, as well. So mm-hmm. education is a big part of our brand and, uh, and it's important. Um, I think it's important for like the ecosystem, but right. also, um, we want to show you what it's like to be in a Bitcoin world in the Bitcoin standard. What does that mean? Mm-hmm. And, um, um, give you all the infos that you're prepared to, you know, make a purchase or not. And like, right. I don't want you to buy Bitcoin if you don't want to buy Bitcoin. It's not, <laughs> I, I think it's a silly, I think it would be silly not to want to buy Bitcoin, but like, it's not up for me to decide. It's not my time that I'm trading for Bitcoin. It's, you know, you got to make a decision to trade the value that you've created with your time into Bitcoin. Well, that's a major difference right there is like, we don't really have a choice in this country to operate outside of the the, the Canadian dollar. Whereas with Bitcoin immediately, no. there's a choice, period. And actually, um, there's there's a, an even further disconnect where we don't have a choice to interact with the banking system, but the banks can choose who they do or do not <laughs> let sure. into their system. For example, I am excluded from the banking system. I am not allowed to participate in the banking system because the banks don't like me because of what I do for a living. Really? Like, I do not have the luxury of having a checking account. No. TD, Scotiabank, BMO, CIBC, Tangerine, doesn't matter. I do not get the luxury. I have one, uh, a small credit union in Alberta has granted me a checking account and that's it really um and so, but like until that credit union came to the table um you, you you can't you can't buy thing like you can't buy a car with canadian dollar cash you can't buy a house with canadian dollar cash uh so it's 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 very interesting that we cannot operate outside the banking system mm-hmm. yet the government has granted the banks the free will to choose who they do and do not do business with if you're homeless you do not get a bank account because you don't have an address you need an address to have a bank account. So we've like, you know, oh, homeless people, we should give them all this stuff. Start with a bank account, man. Start with a Start bank. Start with giving them the opportunity to earn money. Yeah. Like, <laughs> that's a great, crazy, man. That's a great point. And now I know we're not going to get too political, but we saw in February when there was those protests in Ottawa, allegedly the federal government was freezing people's bank accounts if they donated to this GoFundMe. I don't know how true that not was. Not allegedly. That's like it that's facts. 2000. 2,000 bank accounts were frozen, yeah. So, so you talk about the separation of currency and state. It's like, we need that now because we're starting to see what this world looks like when we're not in control of our value, of our money. Dude, for, and, and like, Freedom Convoy aside, like, how about the citizens of Russia right now? Hmm. Like, the single mom who had her savings in Russian ruble at the Russian bank account, like she was brought up and told to do all of her life, hmm. is now incapable of interacting. At no fault of her own. She's just right. a dickhead well, is he a president or he's got a dickhead dictator, he's a dictator yeah. that, that is at the helm and, and the whole world locks down the entire financial system. That is the result of money and state being married is that you get sanctioned or your, your country gets sanctioned and you have no access to the outside world. Mm-hmm. What if like, think about and was like hot on Trump's heels. He's got his finger on the nuclear war button, finger on the nuclear war button. If that button gets pushed, U.S. sanctions get imposed. What does that mean for the 300, 400 million citizens of USA with U.S. dollars? Like, I think we think know. About, it, it's, it is so reckless 
to be fully trusting that the world will appreciate your government and that your government will appreciate you forever. That is reckless, in my opinion. I think it's even more than reckless, but it's reckless for sure. It's it's. So this is what the revel- the revelations I've had doing this podcast have been about how little I know and how little I have control over. But what I do have control over, I have to be very disciplined in in controlling it, and that's my my own personal autonomy, right? And that's why I love this idea of Bitcoin. I don't know enough about it, but let me throw this at you. I think that the financial sector is full of people who purposefully mystify things. They make things out to be more complicated yeah. than they are. Is that does that seem accurate to you? Yeah, big time. Um, the internet has wiped out the need for like a lot of banking jobs, <laughs> <laughs> right? Um, and and a lot of financial jobs. And like the stock market used to close because the brokers would have to like tally up all the trades and then make make balances at the end of like all night. The stock market was busy because right. from close until open, they were balancing the previous day. Mm-hmm. And like. There's no reason for that. And, and in <laughs> fact, I heard actually um, one of our product team told me this this, this just, just this week. Bitcoin has had more cumulative trading time than uh, the New York Stock Exchange has. Uh, and Bitcoin's only been around for 12 years because it never turns off because right. it's open 24-7, 365. Right. And that's an interesting concept that like, well, if Bitcoin can be traded that way, why can't stocks? And you know, there's like emotional reasons behind that. Mm-hmm. And you know, if that if money never slept truly, then then that would be problematic for a society. But it is, it is absolutely kept mystified uh, for for the benefits of of making it seem too complex. Now, Bitcoin right. has the reverse problem. People assume it's complex because it's new, right. and because all other money is like complex. So this alternative money must be complex. And our job is like the reverse. Our job is to show people, hey, this is really easy. Here's some free education. Here's a ton of other resources that you can go learn about it on. Um, and then if you want to try some, then 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 use Bitcoin. Go ahead. So I now you don't trade in stocks per se as a, at all, it sounds like, but- Well, other than like I'm the CEO of a publicly traded company. So fair enough. Um, yes, I do by that respect for sure. Okay. Gotcha. But uh, I guess I'm curious. It's like the, the other side of the coin there is like when it comes to things like quest trade and wealth simple and all that, it's, it's empowering people to, but is that, is it almost illusory? How like it's, is it an illusion that, okay, yes, you are making the trade, but you know, your money is still going into something that you have no control over. Yeah. Your money is going into something that you have no control over. And you're also at like, you're relying on wealth simple like so for stocks and things it's mm-hmm. like that's that's an obvious really good way to to buy stocks is is through yeah. self-directed platforms low fee um fairly like very user friendly mm-hmm. uh, good customer support la da 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 that's all fine <laughs> buying though like buying derivatives of hard assets um you're just trusting that they're like they're giving you valid price exposure to that hard asset, mm. which is problematic. Like I remember, and not to like, not to look down on other people in the industry, but like Wealthsimple ran a campaign that you could withdraw your Bitcoin. Like that's <laughs> like the bank running a campaign being like, hey, you can, you can yeah. now withdraw your money. Right. It's what? like, what? What? Yeah. How is this not like, that's where you start. Like right. you don't like. What, how is that even uh, uh, a, a marketing campaign? That's like a basic, it's like, uh, you know, 
okay, everyone, you can eat food now. You can drink right. water. It's like, what kind of world are we living in that owning your money is some kind of marketing campaign? This is this is atrocious. <laughs> but that's why I wonder if it's not some kind of shift, if they're trying to shift us away as a, as a population to this idea of like, well, your money, it's not really yours, you know? Like, Dude, we're shift. We're there, man. We're shifting. Yeah. Like, 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 lots of people, when Bitcoin comes up, they're like, "Oh, well, what if I lose it?" And it's like, dude, it, it, like, and people that are like running businesses say this. It's right. like, if you're responsible for 45 people, you have two children, you have a house, you have a cabin, you have three cars, like somehow you find a way to look after all of those things. Presumably you can handle a hardware wallet that stores generational wealth. Like how, how is this not an important thing to, to, to try and learn how to do and realize it's like, well, someone else can do it for me. Like, yeah, sure. Someone else can raise your kids if you want to, but like, look how that's going to, we're not opting for that. Well, yeah, well, I don't know again, not to be political, but it seems like in, in this, well, maybe we'll just forget that, but (laughs) Let's not. It's we've got. We've had such a nice time. Let's not go off the, this road that we're on. Off the rails. But it, it, so it is like a blind spot, right? Where where people, like you say, you you manage your whole life, but you're just kind of trusting that your money is is looked after. Yeah. Well, you're looked after, and that it's going to be there. Like right. Up until two years ago, when I told people that banks have frozen my money for months, um, I have no access to my money. I have to go in there and fight with them. Um, like I'm a, I'm an edge case in that scenario. Okay. There are a few sure. more edge cases now with like what happened with the, with the, um, the freedom convoy. Um, there are now more people that understand, Oh, uh, actually my money in my bank's not super in my control. And every single human being in Afghanistan understands that that can happen. Every single human being in Russia understands what happens when you're at the helm of a government, whether or not you trust or trusted the government mm-hmm. is irrelevant because the right. fiat money system is great until it's not. <laughs> and, and when it's like, it's like being at the ocean. If you're in a boat and you have a beautiful day, being at the ocean is fantastic mm-hmm. until it's like a storm rolls in and you got 80 foot waves that your little canoe can't really navigate. And like, you know, there are smart things that you can do. Like don't go in the ocean with the canoe. Yeah, um, look at the weather patterns, mm-hmm. but like in the same respect, look at the weather patterns of our government, of any government, right? Like, is it a secret that Putin was, was going that way? Right. Is it, was it, was the writing on the wall that Afghanistan was going to get taken over? Um, and what about Canada? What about the USA? What writing is on the wall for a government that may or may not want to own and control you and your money. Um, I don't know. I'm with you, man. I mean, they just last week or this week, they started grabbing guns from the people, right? I mean, that's another step. Disarm the population. For your protection, homie. Everything's done for you. Hey, that's right. They're looking out (laughs) for me. Isn't that great? You don't don't need to eat meat for your protection. That's right. You don't want to drive a car that can go more than 400 kilometers for your protection. Uh, yeah, we wouldn't want you going too far. You have to come back for your your bug-based dessert, you know? Right. But, you know, I know. Your, uh, yeah. your lab-made protein. <laughs> Matt, it's, we're on the precipice of going into a very dark, dark um, second half of our life or, or second two-thirds of yours and I lives. And I just wonder, I guess, 
not to go too hard, but what when you are stepping away from Bitcoin or stepping away from life in general, you know, and it's coming to the end, what do you hope to have accomplished for your for your children and for these generations after you? Like, can you the through world, Bitcoin make a difference? Yeah, hundred percent, man. It's a world where they can interact with Bitcoin themselves. Mm. I I think that it is so 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 crucial that it is easy to use Bitcoin globally. Period. Mm. And if I can play a small part in that, that is like mission accomplished. Hmm. Beautiful, man. What is the first thing that I should do if I want to get into Bitcoin? Like what's number uh, one? Go to bitcoinwell.com slash learn. Mm. Uh, take the Bitcoin Academy. Don't just, not just the Bitcoin Academy though. Like take that with a grain of salt mm. and then learn otherwise. Second is, is read the Bitcoin standard. Um, it's an author, Saifedean. Um, it's a, it's, by far the number one book in the space. It's technical. It's tough read. Mm-hmm. Um, but once once taking the like the Bitcoin Academy is largely based on the Bitcoin standard. Okay. And um, the Bitcoin standard kind of brings it to that next level um, from there. And then third is just try it. Download a free mobile wallet like mm-hmm. the Well Wallet, and um, go buy twenty bucks in Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. Go buy ten bucks in Bitcoin. Send it to a friend. Um, have a friend ten, buy 10 bucks in Bitcoin and send it to you. Hmm. Um, make two wallets, get a hardware wallet. Yeah. Um, just play with Bitcoin. Just learn it, understand it. The same way that when you're a kid, you you draw with the markers, you color outside the line, you rip paper. Mm-hmm. Um, do that with inconsequential amounts of money and then dive in. And then 2.1% of your net worth and a subsequent savings amount after that. Well, that's awesome. Now, let's just say, because there is, well... Let's say I want a little bit more assistance or a bit more of a helping hand. Does Bitcoin Well offers like a some kind of support that way? Yeah, big time. So we've identified um, that exact niche, I think. And mm-hmm. so um, both online or at our offices in Edmonton and Calgary, you can uh, set up an appointment. Bitcoin specialists come or Bitcoin specialists will meet you, answer all your questions, help you set up a hardware wallet, help you set up a mobile wallet um, and sell you Bitcoin and um, really make sure that you're comfortable with the transaction. Maybe you get a coffee or uh, <laughs> yeah. a bubbly. We're a, we're a big bubbly shop. Nice. Uh, we like we like our soda water here. Um, <laughs> but you sit down and you and you 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 learn how to use Bitcoin. You ask right. and then you develop a relationship, right? Like our Bitcoin specialists have relationships. And if you're like, hey, I got this Bitcoin. I'm kind of stuck here. What should I be doing here? You call a Bitcoin specialist and they help you out. That's wonderful. I just wanted to ask a couple more things with the hardware wallet. Is it wireless or do I plug that in every so often and make that transfer? Or how does that work? So the hardware wallet is how you interact with the Bitcoin that you have. Um, so if you want to send or spend that Bitcoin, mm-hmm. you need to plug the hardware wallet into a device. And then how it works is mm. half of the transaction is made on the device and half of the transaction is made on the browser. And so mm. if your browser is compromised, it's mm. fine because your hardware wallet isn't. Mm-hmm. And if your hardware wallet's compromised, it's fine because your browser isn't. Mm. And if both are compromised, ah, damn. Well, <laughs> don't do that. Don't like, do that. Don't don't get fished and lose your hardware wallet to, to the same person. That would really suck. That would not be um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so it's like a little device that you plug into your computer. You make a transaction on the browser. You confirm it on the hardware wallet. And mm. then off it goes. Understood. Well, you know what I thought was really interesting, just as a final thought, was I saw that you have a Bitcoin ATM in the Remedy coffee shop somewhere. Is that what is yes, that? Yes, sir. Remedy's been an amazing partner for us for the last few years. 
Um, uh, they've got phenomenal chai, but, yes, uh, they but do. also um, they, uh, they sell Bitcoin and then that's a nice thing. So yeah, man, you can go down there, you can buy Bitcoin. Uh, it takes about eight to 10 seconds um, from the time you push send Bitcoin to mm -hmm. the Bitcoin being sent. And it's, uh, it's a pretty good move. And did they reach out to you to, to get an ATM uh, in there? Yes and no. So they actually, I actually forget how the full relationship started, but they had a Bitcoin ATM that then left. Um, and then I think they reached out and said, Hey, we had a Bitcoin ATM, but it's no longer here. Can mm. we put yours in? And that's when it started. It was like 2016, 2017 area. The future is here. Future is here, man. The sound money is here. The sound money future. Adam, thanks so much, dude. This was a blast of information that I couldn't have asked for more. I hope uh, I hope you enjoyed it as well. It was good to finally connect, man. Yeah, it's my pleasure. And uh, thank you for uh, for connecting and looking forward to uh, maybe we'll grab a chai and, uh, and, and uh, buy some Bitcoin one day. I'm into that. It's going to happen sooner than later this summer. I'm getting on the wave of non-custodial Bitcoin <laughs> living. My man. All right. My man. <laughs> All right, Adam. Take care, buddy. Enjoy the weekend. Thanks, Patrick. Cheers. Thank you for listening to this episode of the North Bank Media Podcast. Please subscribe to the show on your platform of choice and leave a review. Also, make sure you find us on social media, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok, all at North Bank Media Podcast. And if you yourself have a story about how you became or are becoming yourself, finding purpose, finding meaning in how you live your life and in what you do, reach out to us. We'd love to hear your story and talk with you on the show. I'm Patrick Strevens, and until next time, Thank you again for watching.